Hello and welcome to the last episode of our Backyard Season 1 coverage for the Orca Pod. It's been a very, very um, exciting month. It's been great coverage to catch up with all these people that played so long ago, but the longest that anyone has played for the seasons that we're going to be covering in this countdown. So it was so great to have all these people come in and see uh, what we had talk to us and get the real experience of what was the first LRG of the modern era. Obviously, it's not over yet. We've got the awards tonight and then a fantastic can't wait to catch up with Kyle and Brian um, uh, and just flagging what we're going to be doing for um, next month. As I've been talking about this season, we will be covering the first season of Canberra Survivor. So Survivor Canberra season one will be the one that you still got maybe a week, a week and a bit before we start the first wrap up coverage. So get binging um, and then. Uh, we will then cover another season in December. I'll announce that um, when we start the Canberra coverage, so you can start your binging. And we've been tossing up whether we would start officially ranking seasons from five, from six. I'm thinking we might do it from seven. Uh, start the fresh year from January. We'll start the official rank down that we'll be doing seven to one um, as you voted by you. But that's that's for the future. Tonight, we've got the awards and we have the uh, catch up with Kyle and Brian. Now, for those that... Were, Watch the coverage we did for Melbourne season one. Annabelle, the fantastic Annabelle, joined me for the awards. She is having some technical Wi-Fi issues, unfortunately. Um, and I think it's just a bit boring for me to do the awards by myself, as in like, because I already know the answer. So it's good to get people's feedback on who they think might have won the award before I give the official result. So I'm going to bring in Kyle and Brian early. This is a bit like uh, they weren't expecting this. They're still adjusting their camera. I'm going to bring them early and we'll do the awards with them. And then we'll get into the chat with them about the season. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome in Kyle and Brian. Welcome. <laughs> we Hello. Surprised us so bad. So like, oh, we're on. <laughs> yeah, Hello. Thank you enough for warning there. Because we realized that... Um, yeah, yeah. We realize because we're both here and we don't want to be creating the uh, good old uh, feedback loop by not yeah. having headphones in, but there's two of us. So we're just twinning. Just like, like one each. That's right. Uh, that's great. It's like, like being a, you can do that sport. It's very useful. Um, so we're getting to talk to you about being at the season, but I am going to reveal the awards and you guys can give me your view on who you think won the award. Now, I must credit the community and in particular the backyard survivor community that's got around these awards. Last week, uh, I announced that we only had 16 votes, which was less than Melbourne Survivor won, which is a, a sham because, you know, Kyle was there, no one watched that season. It's 30, 26 minutes. Um, but a great season. This doesn't exist in a video format. But over the last week, the votes have poured in and we now have uh, 48 votes. Oh, wow. 49, 49 votes right. for these awards. 48. 49, sorry. Yeah, huge. So, oh, my God. They're still coming in. <laughs> 50, whoa. All right, so we'll get, get see if you guys can call the answer. Uh, who was the MVP of the season, according to the fans? Brian. <laughs> uh, we were on the voting poll, I think. Were you not an option? Were we? No, you weren't <laughs> option, sorry. Just the players. But you guys uh, were the MVPs. I... Do you want to go? I mean, I feel like uh, MVP. Yeah, I feel like MVP. People are going to vote for Rosie. Yeah, Ro Rosie got twenty-three votes, which was 47 percent of the vote. Well done, Rosie. Yes. MVP. Yeah. 
I yes, said yes, was yes. Rosie. Emma was uh, equal third, actually. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Eight point one six of the vote. Uh, Rachel also got eight point one six of the vote. Big Rachel stands out there. Um, that was okay. a yeah. vote. But second place got fourteen votes, 30, about thirty percent. Any guesses? I feel like people vote for Sally because I mean, if yeah. you won the season, then <laughs> yeah. And if it's not Sally, then it's Amy. Yeah. It was Amy. Amy got Amy, uh, yeah, yeah. 14 votes. People loved Amy's game. Yeah. Um, okay. Very good. Well done, Rosie. MVP, I think very well deserved. I don't think anyone would question that. Uh, who wins the Annabelle Award for the best pre-merge boot? Uh, um, Rhiannon was not included in the voting options. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've got David, Matt, Sandra. Sandra. <laughs> Rachel, Tamara, and then Rihanna. But yeah, okay, so there's only five to pick. One. Only five. Um, I want to know if Sam Bron got any votes. <laughs> Sam got zero votes. I feel like maybe um, David Busher gets votes here because people will have seen him again now since yeah. this season. I, it's between Rachel and David Busher. I would have said Rachel. You're on the mark, Brian. Rachel, 23 votes, 46%. Mm -hmm. uh, David without the hat, second place. <laughs> yeah. 14 yep. votes. And in third place was Tamara with 14%. Oh, that's Tamara. Well, that's Tamara. I'm sure. Sorry for you, Matt Mahoney. And... <laughs> yes. Uh, which one-time player would you like to see again, play again? So it's the There's whole cast so minus Calvin, basically, and David without without the hat. Right, right, yeah. I think it goes to Rosie again. Uh, and this Rosie is second, thirteen oh, votes, twenty six percent. Okay. Uh, Emma. Uh, Emma, third place, eight votes, sixteen percent. Okay, is then, Amy first? Then it's Amy. Amy, Amy, 17 people, 34%. Want to see Amy play yeah, again? Yeah. She doesn't yeah, seem that like keen from when we've spoken to her to play again. So you're going to have to... Amy, the fans <laughs> want to see you again. Just makes people you want you more. Yeah, yeah. Don't say no. Okay. Is this season too low, as in it should have been in the top five or six, or is it just right to be in the bottom grouping of seasons? I think um, this is what people voted. I think people said it's just right <laughs> where it is. You got you got about sixty eight percent said it was just right. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's sixteen people. Maybe they were the sixteen people of the season said that. Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. On a scale of one to eleven, one being the best, where would you rank Sally's game compared to that of the other ten LRG winners? Um, and so then I can compare this to the ranking that Toby got as well. Right. Okay. Um, I've got no idea what people would base this off of. I would suspect that I, I, Sally's a great winner. I would suspect that she comes under Toby um, potentially. Uh, what did Toby get in this? Toby got 6.33. Out of 11. Okay. Uh, Out of 11. Right, okay. that, that was the um, average number that he was given. 
Okay, yeah. Where one is the best. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, it's seven point three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think I think bang in the middle. So what's that? Five point five. You're, you're on fire with these, Brian. Uh, five point two. Oh. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so people think that Sally's game is better than Toby's. Now, with all due respect yeah. to Sally, um, I from from Toby's story of his game that he told to me specifically so everything mm, the mm-hmm. words out of his mouth about his win which is all we really yeah. have to base Toby's game on it sounds like he should be one mm-hmm. out of 11 right but of course history's really <laughs> that's going to be his opinion um so Sally yeah. more objective more people have seen the game than have probably listened to my interview mm-hmm. with Toby so I understand why they voted for that um I think I think yeah. she's definitely deserving okay and so now we have the most all those awards or whatever now we have the most important award uh, which is the Orca Award. Um, so mm-hmm. Annabelle does the most magnificent job of explaining the criterion for the Orca Award, and I wouldn't—I um, have to do it so people understand. But um, I need to just—it's not going to be as good as what Annabelle does. But the idea of the award is to be um, very, very who is self-interested, um, uh, narcissistic, uh, bold, brash threatening people, perhaps getting upset with people in ways. It's not necessarily a good survivor player, but it is the big energy character. Um, obviously, myself and Annabelle are these sorts of people. And we and then with this podcast, and we're giving out awards to people that are like us sort of people. This is voted <laughs> on by the and, – and, and, you know, if you make merge, then it's always questionable whether you should be winning this award because how awkward were you if you made it that far? Unless you were being brought along as a form of – hate goat that there's no way anyone will vote for them in the end that's sort of like the air end position mm-hmm. so, um yeah, yeah. So. the fans have voted and i combined their votes into a three two one and then all the other orcas that participate in our podcast have all voted so the fan vote for this is only one orca but i can tell you mm-hmm. the most important award so it's the winner of the bromelo medal uh for those that don't know, Ethan Bromelo was the first person to win this when we did Sydney Survivor. So um, that's what's the Bromelo medal. I'll just go from the bottom. Rem got one vote. Amy O got two votes. And whoever voted for Amy O did not understand the criteria because she is a lovely person and not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Calvin got two votes. And then equal third was Emma and Dan. Definitely, definitely meet the criteria. Um, and Rosie was second but the winner who was also the person i gave my vote my three votes to is matt 100 <laughs> like he his right, first okay, two episodes right, okay. are unbelievable the way he complains about the challenge when he's clearly in the wrong and there's no way he would have won it anyway even if he did understand the rules he complains <laughs> at you guys non-stop he's bitching at you he's still salty about it back at camp he, he's still clearly unhappy with how he finished in the game 10 hours on when you see him stewing in the background and then this question <laughs> of the tribal council in pure orca fashion is about himself the answer is supposed to be matt <laughs> and he's still just thinking about how is this about me so i stand matt as a character as a power player gives no fucks just says whatever things to you guys, to his drive mates, blames everyone but himself. No ounce of self-recognition of his own mistake with the challenge. No, it's everyone else's fault but me. And that is true Orca behavior. And I think he's done it the best in uh, Orca in shows we've covered 
this so far uh, in this podcast. He was elite at that aspect. So I'm proud to bring him into as the third winner of the Orca medal. Probably probably very proud. And and to do it, and it's in true Orca style to win that uh, from only appearing in uh, two episodes. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so that's the way. So good to have you here. I want to hear, because everyone, everyone listens, all the other people, that the creators, the hosts, how did you get into this? Oh, I saw Backyard. I saw Melbourne. I was inspired. You know, I want to do myself. Well, you guys were first. What made you think this would be possible? Uh, I had friends that almost organized it for my birthday, like six years before Backyard. Um, and then it didn't happen, but they told me about that. And I think when we were living in London together, I said to Kyle, once he had started watching Survivor, like, oh, my friends almost did this party. And that, I think we spent most of London just like downtime throwing around like, oh, what if this person, like, what would this person be like in Survivor? And what would this person be like in Survivor? And then we moved back to Perth and a couple of years went by and I had gotten really into RHAP and they had done an interview around Survivor Brooklyn at the time as well, yeah, which yeah. I had told Kyle about. Um, yeah. And we kind of, it was one of those things where we were like, oh yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. And I remember it was actually Kyle who was like, my birthday is coming up and I'm, I'm just going to do it for my birthday. Uh, and, and yeah, just let's get it done. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. And now like our birthdays are close together. So it's like, we'll make it a joint birthday party. And if there's ever a time that you can talk people into doing your crazy themed idea, well, it's, it's for our birthday. You don't have to love Survivor. Just... Absolutely. Like I've been guilting people into doing shit for my birthday for a long time. <laughs> I once put a bunch of my friends together. This is a bit off topic, but I think you, I think you guys will like this story. I'm, I'm not I'm so sure I think you will. I think some people watching will. I, I got my friends, most of which, some of which, liked Buffy the Vampire Slayer, most of which were not that interested. And we performed to ourselves the Buffy musical dialogue and songs. <laughs> and you had to uh, learn the song without words. Like you had to learn to sing to the music oh. without like support, timing everything. Yeah. And my friends even learned the, the dance song. Yeah. I'm not going to be surprised, DK, if this is what Carl does for his next birthday. <laughs> I'm rather jealous that I wasn't a part of that. Which role would you have wanted, Kyle? Which which part? Yeah, um, which uh, maybe range. Spike. I think I'd go yeah, for Spike. Spike. Yeah. <laughs> Spike. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know that Alison Hannigan doesn't sing and that she's really bad, which is also me. So I'll play that role. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so I love that, and I 100% agree. That it's a it's a great tactic. Um, I guess it's one thing to play the game though, and, and have a game like I've done. You know, um, you know, people do amazing races and stuff like that. But to to actually think, no, we're going to film all of this, then we're going to put it together, and it's going to be a ten episode thing. Like I've done a little amazing race once for where we filmed it, and it was like an hour. You know, we made the video to do a whole ten episode production. When did it start snowballing into that idea from just, hey, let's do this for fun for the birthday? (laughs) (laughs) I'd say it was a bit of a roller coaster, really. The, you have the, the big picture idea, like the called blue sky dream, where it's like, right, we're going to have these challenges. Like these are our bucket list item of challenges that we want to have. Uh, we want to film it like this. We want these people. 
Um, and then as it's getting closer, we were also like so ambitious for the time frame we'd given ourselves. Mm. Like, I feel like it was maybe two, three weeks of pre-production for this one. Wow. Yeah. Where we were like, yeah, we put it out there. We're like, we're going to do this thing. Yeah, cool. It's like the Christmas break. So like between Christmas and my birthday, 12th of January, it's like, yeah, that's when we'll make the challenges. And so, yeah, we just kind of like dove into what challenges we could make. And then through that process, sort of like starting to remove some being like, we're not going to get to make that. We're not going to get to make that. Let's come up with a new idea. Um, We were, yeah, extremely ambitious uh, and underestimated how long everything Mm. We were like, yeah, we can paint like a hundred blocks in like half an hour. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, we can learn to use power tools for the first time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, have the power tools? Or yeah. Did you borrow them from someone. Oh yes, borrowed from um, yeah. our masculine family members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but even like as it was getting closer, we're just like, how are we gonna get these challenges finished? And also prepare what we need to to film it as well. So we started to question, like, are we actually going to film this? Are we going to be able to do that? How many cameras did you have? Because, you know, it was five, six years ago and filming on, like, iPhone Mm. wasn't so viable back back then. You can do it now. You still want to use better cameras because we're all at this point where we want to make these elaborate productions. But you still, if you've got a crew Mm. member then, you say, oh, you see something good, just just do it on your iPhone if you don't have a phone, it'll be fine. But back then, what did you have? Like proper handheld digital cameras? How many? There was... There was a few DSLRs going. Yeah, yeah. I reckon we had like three, four DSLRs there. And that would have been most of what we're using. Yeah. It was like filming on phones as well. Um... But yeah, just varying qualities. And I remember um, I remember we had one camera that got brought and offered up to be used <laughs> that uh, a friend of ours handed it to us like an hour into the production was like, this one is not to be used. <laughs> like the quality <laughs> is so bad. Yeah. It's just like, you don't want anything yeah. captured on this. Um, but yeah, like sort of, I think the night before we were like, I don't know. Don't know if we're going to get to film it, but at the very least, we'll get to have run a Survivor um, game, have invited our friends, play it out. It's going to be a good day. If we film it, maybe it's just like getting a few, you know, like a mm. highlights reel. Yeah, yeah. Type of thing. Like, like Melbourne. Um, it ended up being like Melbourne, Melbourne one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of just like managing our own expectations of like going into tomorrow, it may not be what we imagined. Yeah. Um, this might end up being a practice run for something that we yeah, can know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a friend of ours, Genevieve Cooper, who, uh, like works professionally, um, in, um, videography turned up and we'd asked her, like, would you be able to come and help us with this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, but she rocked up the night before, like with her camera, with some lights and we were like, okay, Jen's here and she's, she's brought some yeah, actual yeah. filming stuff. So I guess we're filming it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to think about lights. Like it would have gone yeah, yeah. dark, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely like a moment of like, oh, this is like this is actually happening. This mm. is real. Yeah. Like it's not just, you know, just hanging out with friends. Like it's definitely a production. A production. Yeah. Did she have microphones as well? Because the audio is quite good. Yeah, so that's just from the that's camera. That's just because it's in a closed in back backyard. Yeah. So there wasn't yeah. it was so hot and there was no there wasn't that much wind. 
Mm. Um, and it was such an enclosed space. We could get up close. Yeah. So yeah, no we, we were surprised actually because we like recently rewatched it for the first time probably since 2018. Mm. Um, recently, just to prepare to come on and chat about it. Um, and we were nervous about what we were going to watch, sort of going back to season one, like, oh, what's the quality going to be like? And when we edited it, like, we didn't know much about video editing and we were learning editing sound and it. all of that. Yeah, literally. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we were kind of surprised watching it of like, oh, no, you can hear what people are saying. It's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thing, like, because you now you know, you know, so you've done this so many more times in a production and editing sense. You know, I remember the first things that I sort of edited very much you're learning as you go. You sort of do it and then go, uh, could, can I do this? And you have to Google, how do I do this in Premiere Pro? Yeah. Using or and then, like, yeah. like, okay, now, and some of those programs like Premiere, which I didn't, I used to use like a simpler form. And then when I was helping do some of Melbourne's editing, they're like, oh, you to use Premiere. I'm like, this is like really complicated mm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly when you haven't had the like learnings for it. But I thought the editing was really well done, both in the, the production sense and the storytelling, which I think is the other aspect that can mm-hmm. sometimes take time to learn. How long did you spend editing the season once you'd finished? <laughs> Honestly, like six weeks, which is crazy. Wow. It takes like, now it takes... If we're doing it full time, like nine months to edit a season, like full time in amongst other things, but like yeah. it takes about nine months to edit a season yeah. now. So thinking that we held the viewing party six, six weeks later. after the event is crazy to think about. Yeah, and both of us went on a two week holiday in that six weeks. <laughs> yep. Like <laughs> I was away for two weeks, then Brian was away for two weeks. We yeah. were back together for two weeks and we had the viewing party. That's That was the time frame. Yeah. But we were also so excited because, like, we didn't know if it would work out. So when we're watching the footage and we're like, holy crap, this has actually worked out. Like, everything is great. It's like, yeah. wow, we actually can create this 10-episode mm. thing. We can actually have an entire season. So we were so excited to just, like, jump into it. It's mm. like every single second. <laughs> I think I took the days yeah. off work sick. Just get smashed in. And what was his viewing party? Yeah, yeah. He watched the whole season in one. Yeah, yeah. Was that a boozy day? We've done that for every movie? season. Oh, have yeah, you? yeah, 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 so, yeah. Every season. When you, ba- when you do backyard before you release them out each episode each week, you have a viewing party with the whole mm. cast and crew, presumably, and watch the whole yep. thing mm-hmm. start to finish. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that a very yes, boozy yeah, affair? Quite boozy. Is anyone to hear <laughs> it by the time the end rolls around? <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of the um uh, hypothesizing at the end of the night where it's like oh if, if i had only done this then this would have played out this way and like what if this had happened there's endless mm. uh interactions like that. that must that must be also really great for you guys because you know when you create something like this um you really want to show it off to everyone and, you know, you talk, hey, look how good this is, but look everything we did. Uh, and you get that with the week to week. But when you release things online, you know, you don't get that actual real life feedback from people that mm. are in the room enjoying it, seeing their real reactions to things that happen and the work that you yeah. put into creating the story and the narrative. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine that's very fulfilling for you guys to be in the room with the people that you did it for. It is. It's also like a relief because like so many crew come and give their time and so much time going into it. And then the players put themselves out there and in this really kind of like vulnerable way, 
hand over all this footage of them and assume mm-hmm. that we won't sync them or make them look bad. And like, there's a lot of trust involved and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a relief to see everybody enjoy it and that feel like it was worth it uh when they've given so much to us like it's it's, it's nice it's nice to know that uh they don't walk away being like oh i'm not doing that again you know it's the opposite they get so excited by the end product let, let me ask you a bit specifically about this game um it was hot very hot 40 degrees maybe 39 was there any to think mm-hmm. you thought of yeah. maybe postponing the event when it was going to be so hot or no like fuck it it's a lot i don't think so no 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 no, it's... <laughs> probably should have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you've organized like so many people, right? To to rock up. It's it's look. I don't, I, this was five six years ago. The decisions you would have made five six years ago, running a thing for a bit of fun, are not the same decisions you'd make now. Um, with you know, like a sort of a responsible producer's hat on, perhaps in a way, like you worry yeah. about safety. Oh, I don't, and like I don't know. CK <laughs> season four was pretty hot. <laughs> Was it? How hot was season four? Yeah. yeah. Season four was high 30s as yeah. well. Yeah. I think season one's still the hottest one we've done, but season four was yeah. high 30s, but also out on the sand. Yeah. 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 Oh, so so the uh, the Redemption Island was even more brutal. The, you know, the Redemption part was even yeah. more brutal. Yeah, yeah, but they at least had the Tree of Shade and weren't like, I don't know, there was a lot of downtime for them. Um, yeah, I think Yellow Camp gets it the worst. Like yeah, they had yeah, no sort of trees. <laughs> they had no trees. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Now, you know what? It's Survivor. It's just like when I played. That's right. Harsh Survivor. conditions. Yeah. My my mine was the, just the coldest it's ever going to be, and it was like maxed at like four or five degrees, and pretty much rained on and off for two days. So, like you know, and yeah. stuck in a challenge in the middle of the night in the rain for like. 36 minutes doing a puzzle like you know if you want to quit you can quit well none, no one quits these things like that's that's the thing yeah, it's, it's, yeah. people are quitting real survivor after a day no one quits Australian yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember we had we were having to put cameras inside in the air conditioning because they were shutting down yeah for Ooh. season one it's like they had to go on a rotation of like going to the air conditioned room um and i think the players as well were keen for their confessionals because that was inside so that like random backdrop um that they do their confessionals in front of um the house was being renovated so that was just like uh like the ground was sand (laughs) it was like Mm. a renovated bathroom after everything had been removed so they were just like sitting on sand but inside the house um in front of that backdrop we understand the worst life. place to do a confessional, which I think only applied for the first two episodes, was in someone's van. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love, I love watching that van. <laughs> Once we realised that we had to have confessionals in a van, I was the one that was responsible for like decorating it with the leaves, <laughs> and then just like watching them slowly die across the season is hilarious to watch. I love it. Right. I love the thought wow. that, like, oh, this band by itself isn't doing it enough. Like, yeah. we better we better deck it out. Like, so embarrassing. Yeah, I didn't actually. To be fair, look, I didn't notice that there were confessionals in a van until one of the mm-hmm. contestants, I think Emma, mentioned being in the van. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize that that was happening. Um, oh, that's uh, so funny. Well, with the cast, they were all people you guys knew from different walks of life. It seemed like you managed to um, 
thread a relatively good level of not having too many people that knew each other and then to split them on the tribes. Obviously, you just guys have lots of different friendship groups that you were able to, to pick and choose from for this this objective. Was was there anyone in there, um, anyone that you wanted to play that didn't get to play that maybe came back another time? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So Sarah, who ends up playing in season two, she was on the cast and then something happened with her leg, I think. She was, yeah, she ended up in hospital like yeah. the night before. Yeah. So I'm she ended she... up in hospital. She's Emma's replacement. She's the one that Emma comes in for. Yeah, yes. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and what it was, it was wild as well. Cause like Sarah was in hospital in the morning, couldn't come, but does rock up later in the day to watch it play out. Um, and, uh, like you'll notice that when the votes are getting, when people are going up to vote, I'm never sitting at tribal council cause I'm the one that would like run and film the votes. Yeah. And I always remember at the end of the day, Sarah was there and she was holding the light up um, <laughs> on the voting table. And as people, I remember like someone left to go around the corner and Sarah was like, this is so cool. Please do it again so I can actually play next time. And so it was cool yeah. to see her like actually then go on to play in season two as well. Sarah was the one with black, long black hair. Is that right? Am I getting right? Oh, Who's no, no. Sarah? Blonde hair. Blonde hair. Uh, yeah, starts on the green tribe. Green is on green with John and Jess and Tristan. Don't want to spoil it, but she gets very far. Yeah, no, (laughs) she's the one that doesn't know much about Survivor, right? Is that right? Am I wrong? Yeah, she doesn't doesn't know much, I don't think. I I need to rewatch it because it's one of my favorite seasons, to be honest, (laughs) of all the shows. Yeah, I've said this before. Um, it's 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 an incredible like this. I, I must say, this is an incredible first season. Um, Look, the, you do your best from a storytelling perspective, with which is a, a natural pagoning, but you manage to somehow get us to still root for those Reds. Like, that's what's really crafted mm-hmm. really well in the narrative. You want the Reds to do well, even though they're just pagonging the other people. I think it's an element of they come across, for the most part, as a bit of an underdog tribe to start, then succeed in spite of that. Then they get swapped in a way that, yes, it puts two people to the absolute slaughter, but... You know they're not going to win challenges, and then they, those two people go, and then they have to win a challenge, which they do. Mm-hmm. So they have a it's a really strong underdog narrative, even though they're never actually yeah. underdogs. Um, that you did in a masterful way of crafting as a narrative, uh, as was from my personal opinion. Um, and you know, then you saw, and then you got the fallen sort of moment for Rosie, who everyone, if you're a survivor fan, will be rooting for to win because she's playing such a strong mm-hmm. game. Um, I yeah, really yeah. enjoy. Also, there are five very likable people. Yeah, like in real life, which I think makes them easy to root for as well. They're also like five very different people. Uh, they all have kind of very different personalities, but a lot of them are like bringing the funny zinger confessionals. And then you've got like yeah, uh, like Rosie as well, who like is also doing that, but then like playing the like really strategic game. And then yeah, it's just I think they're just like five really easy people to like and watch on the well, I, I agree and I agree with them being different in a lot of ways but very likable in different ways and seeing everyone loves it when a team of like different people come together and use the individual yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Captain Planet moment with that group you know and everyone enjoys that <laughs> yeah. sort of, uh, you know part yeah. of a story like it's a common trope and it's common for a reason and when it works out in something like this it's particularly enjoyable in a reality TV sense I want to ask about 
something that has been bugging me for a bit on the watch. And like these are the sort of production decisions that people make when you're doing these for the first time and later on you go, oh, probably shouldn't have done it that way. What were the actual rules around hunting in these eskies for the clues? Mm-hmm. Because some people yeah, so... seem like they were reaching with not uh, looking, but then later on, Rosie's just in there, like, you know, rummaging <laughs> through it. Yeah. I mean, the goal for us was to be discreet about it. So the instruction was the same for everybody. Um, and the instruction that we had or how we would go about it was that we bring people in for their confessional, we start recording, and then we say to them, you can grab a bottle of water from the esky, um, and then we'll do your confessional. So they can grab a bottle of water, and then we just go into their confessional. Um, and so some of them are just like, yep, yeah, cool, grab it, don't look. In fact, that's everyone pretty much does that. And like, if you watch Rosie, yeah. Rosie also does that. Yeah, it's, it's always just grab time. it and then walks away. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then she just like has a double take because she just sees something or I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, when she's murdered and gets her second clue, she's just yeah. <laughs> cleared off in there. There's no rule the about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no rule that you couldn't do that. Um, but all of Red start doing that because Rosie tells them that that's where she found the clue. Yeah. Um, she tells them she found a clue that way. So you see Tyrone do it on the Swaps tribe and when Rem, he's worried about his Rem, position there. Rem does it at the Rem do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the word does get out and people start looking, but um, and like looking more often probably than we showed as well because you don't want to yeah. see every confessional, someone being yeah. like, is there a clue in here? Yeah, yeah. It's like and only, yeah. Were the clues specific to the finishing positions of the first three uh, challenge? So like Red's... Yeah. Like the one Calvin got was always going to be at the winner's camp and he wouldn't be at the winner's camp. Yeah. 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 And the, and the, yeah. the one, the one that um, Emma got was at tribal. So you were sort of sending mm-hmm. the, the one, the tribe that went to tribal, were going to get an idol for the first episode yes. and Rosie was going to have to yeah. get the one at the next challenge. Mm-hmm. So it was always, that yeah. was, is that was what was you do? Always the possible that, um, it was always possible that, no one would find the clue as well. So there was six bottles in each esky um, and one clue. Mm. So it's possible that like all five could have picked out a bottle that actually had water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And nobody got the clue. Yeah. And also the way that we put it in the show or the way that we yeah show it is not always necessarily like how it plays out. I believe that Rosie gets the clue in the episode where she gets the idol. Yeah. Because because we already have mm. Calvin getting the clue and Emma getting yeah. the clue, or we um, already yeah. have an idol. So, like, Rosie actually got that clue around the same time as everyone else, but we just put it in the second episode to kind of beef it out a bit. Well, it makes sense because you already got a lot in the first episode anyway, and in the second episode, yeah, that's yeah. getting the idol at the challenge, so it just suits the pre-challenge narrative yeah. to have it on the storytelling perspective. Mm-hmm. And... and Something that no one's given me a clear answer to over the four weeks of this uh, coverage. <laughs> Did Dan think what he had was actually an idol or not? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, so he did. did it have paperwork? 100%. No, no, no. Okay. Like, and he, yeah, unfortunately, like the exit confessional he does doesn't happen straight away. Yeah. He gets voted out. He makes the comment sort of off camera of like, I didn't play my idol. 
Yeah. But he genuinely thinks he's yeah. been voted out with an idol. Um, but then Rachel Desson, who has been already eliminated, is quick to let him know that, like, that was my necklace. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. by the time he does his exit confessional, like, he's already being told that what he had wasn't an idol. Yeah. I believe he never opened it. Mm. So okay. he didn't know that, like, I, I, he didn't know that there was no paperwork. I also, with all due respect to Dan, he's also not a huge Survivor fan, so I don't even know if it had no paperwork that would have flagged to him that it was fake right, anyway. Yeah. You know, and like our idols wear necklaces and bracelets, so it's totally on the <laughs> And I think I think a fair element, even the add to it further, even if he was a Survivor fan, uh, there's no mm-hmm. assumption you'd have paperwork. Like this is uh, a that's right. Like, yeah, obviously, in one, if someone's playing backyard five, if they find an idol and there's no paperwork, there's going to be sus. But back in backyard one, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's in a package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was this moment before, because uh, Kyle came round uh, before that merge vote, and we put all the votes out, and there was Daniel, and we knew that it was going to be a tie, and we knew that Rosie had that idol, um, and we knew that Dan had the fake one, and I remember looking at Kyle and like, are you ready for this? Because like, we have to have like game face on and not yeah. break. Um, and I remember asking if anyone had an idol or anyone else had an idol and just like the silence and like trying not to look at Dan. <laughs> you're like, Dan, play this. You're like, look at him. Play the fucking I was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really wanted him to play it. Yeah. You, you, under, you, you understand the true uh, concept of production interference when that, that opportunity for such an mm. amazing moment is right on the precipice and you just, yeah. you understand why in Real Survivor yeah. there's rumours, you know, if, if that's the situation, mm-hmm. they're having, they don't tell them to do it, but you start having confessionals like, so do you think you'll bring your idol tonight? What would make you think about yeah. playing your idol? Like a lot of questions about idol, yeah. idol, idol. So it puts them in their head and obviously you don't have the opportunity for mm-hmm. that to set him up. Um, but he had every piece of information yeah. possible to know to play that idol. It's, it's unbelievable that he didn't in yeah. that circumstance. Yeah. He assumed they were voting for him. And correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, correctly yeah. assumed. Um, why, why, why not play? Yeah, yeah. I and, I, and I don't think he had any information to suspect that he had successfully swayed anyone either. No, you know, like I don't think anybody went in there thinking it wouldn't be a tie. The only real question was, would Rosie play it on the correct person um, that they voted for? And I think Rosie also does the right thing. Like Rem is the probably mm. more obvious target a physically but also i don't know if it comes across on the show as much because maybe we just didn't have the content but like ren was really like right next to rosie a lot of the time um, yeah and like ren was pretty mark. smitten with rosie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. ren was yeah yeah because he keeps calling her rose <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no, he was pretty smitten with rosie so yeah. i think mm. yeah yeah um and and they uh, make the right decision by not playing it on mm-hmm. uh voting for amy um, and, you know, the only mm. thing that yes. um, Rosie can look to do is, like, Rem is this obvious one. He's betrayed them, whatever. He's a threat. Like, yes, she could try. The other option is try and pick between Tyrone, Sally, and Amy, but really that's an impossible choice because you just, mm-hmm. it's like trying to pick, yeah, you yeah. know, pick a card. Like, they could do it on any of them. There's no yeah. reason to do one or the other, like, over over the other, so you'd have to fluke it. But can you imagine if Rosie had poverty that travel council and was just like, Rem, Amy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. safe, and then just like everyone being like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, if if Rosie plays it on Amy, then Daniel plays his fake idol. Yeah, 
which is awful for him. Which is even worse for him. <laughs> I know. I know we'd be really harsh here, but as the Survivor fans, we just wanted him to play that fake idol. We wanted him to play it, and yeah, he guys say this is not an idol, and he's like, "What?" Oh. You know, like. This, is, this is something as well where, like, for us not knowing what to expect going into the day, like, when we found this out and, like, telling each other, I think you might have told me of, like, are you aware that there's a fake idol? And it's yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, people have, in, have incorporated fake idols already at this point? Great. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another, one of those moments where it's like, it's actually happening. Like, we have a yeah. season of Survivor on our hands. Yeah. yeah, it's been made, it's been found, it's been found without anyone else seeing he's found it. So he's really chuffed with himself because yeah. he did it yeah. in front of everybody. He's he's living high mm-hmm. and he needs that idol. He's going to use it and merge. Like, it's it's amazing. Like, that's what you dream of yeah. when you're putting these things together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these yeah. players can tell their own their own story. Um, and, you know, I, if we're talking about big moves, I was talking with Kyle, uh, I think, on chat mm-hmm. or, or after his interview we did with Melbourne, um, where where Calvin's, you know, misplays that I've talked about on this show and this coverage previously. But I, I, I don't accept his uh, Rhiannon wanted to go uh, um, ex- position. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. give a shit if I was him if Rhiannon wanted to go. I'd be putting my foot down mm-hmm. that we are voting out Rhiannon. Like, I stand by that that was the right move. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like it's probably the birthday vibe of everything, that if someone says, I'll just vote me out. No, then- like, I, I think what it was... And, like, really what it came down to was this fear of Rosie. Like, Rosie has just dominated in idle hands. Rhiannon was the last one to go up against Rosie in that challenge. And she just completely buckles under the pressure. She stands yeah. there, doesn't move, and Rosie knocks it down. Rhiannon is terrified of her. And so when they go to this tribal council and it's between Rhiannon and Rem, Rhiannon is saying, He's the one that can beat Rosie, not me. Yeah. That's why she puts herself up because she's like, you'll need him <laughs> to be able to beat Rosie. Um, mm. Like, so that's really why she goes like, you know, he's a worthy contender. Um, so like, if you, if you disagree on me, then that's fine. Yeah. I, I get that. But Calvin has the read on the edit that Rem's going back to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To take him out. Yeah. Yeah. No risk. Like, I, I appreciate that if he wasn't protected by an idol, pushing the rocks in that scenario is not necessarily yep. the optimal move. Um, but when you're, that's mm. like the one time, because rocks has to be unanimous. Yeah, so, yeah. you know what? I'm not agreeing. So, let's go, yeah. rocks. I mm. think it's pretty interesting, though, to think about like, so, so across the cast, um, Calvin and Rosie are the biggest survivor fans there. Um, also, um, Zach was meant to play in season one and then mm-hmm. didn't and ended up playing in season three. Um, so, yeah, so Calvin and Rosie are the biggest fans. And it's kind of interesting that I reckon they played, they, they went in opposite directions. Like, Rosie used that fandom and knowledge to really corral people. Yeah. And, and people loved it. And then, and then becomes this huge target. Calvin does the opposite, where, like, Calvin plays a much more cautious game. Mm. And I think, I would suspect that Calvin did not want to put himself out mm-hmm. there and blow his cover as the big Survivor fan. Yeah, and particularly when, you know, Calvin's gone on to play much bolder, bigger games than he did on Backyard. I think this one, he thought, I I could be speaking for him, but he thought, like, lay low, don't make waves, now is not the time. Mm -hmm. That's what he said in the interview. And then, you know, as as a big big personality wants to play a big game, um, 
he regrets those moves, and I fully get it. Like the first time you play, you just you're just even no matter how big of a mm. personal character you want to be, big of a player, you just you want to make that merge. You want to ex- have the whole experience, so you get scared. Whereas you can tell in Melbourne too, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to play as big as I want, yeah, yeah. and what will happen yeah. will happen, you know. Um, and I'm sure, you know he feel, finds that game more fulfilling to watch back than this game because he left it all out on the field, right? Um, Rosie, mm-hmm. you're right, her strategy is it's great to compare the superfan approach. I don't think her strategy would work um, with most people. Mm-hmm. Most Survivor fans couldn't run that strategy and people not want to get rid of you before the final five. You know, um, yeah. I think it's a testament mm-hmm. to her personality and how yeah. likeable she is and how well yeah. she... Um, is able to disarm people that that didn't freak them all out. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know a huge amount I, like uh, about other LRGs, um, and like I wouldn't know the intricacies of all the games. Um, but I have this theory that like personalities like that that really kind of use their survivor knowledge to corral people do good in LRGs at the beginning, but then can't make the finals. Because of the fast nature of the game, people love it when someone else steps up and mm. makes all the decisions and, and runs the gambit at the beginning because then they know it's not them and someone else is doing the work and they're confident that they'll be able to kind of find their foot feeding up and then footing. <laughs> and then it's later that it becomes a problem for them. Um, and that happens, I feel like, with a couple of people in backyard. Yeah. I yeah, think... I think what's happened over a cup over the progression of the sort of 11 LRGs that we're covering here, the modern era, is that um, mm-hmm. more and more the casts are people that are applying, they don't know each other, and because the, the show's got yeah. into production and people know about it. And these people that are applying are mo- like you get the some people who don't have a lot of familiarity with survival because they see it as an experience or an opportunity, but for the most part, people there are a bit of crazy super fans. So I know from mm-hmm. my experience yeah. playing with people, I like it, I think I had an intent to not talk about being a super fan, but immediately that's what everyone was just talking about with each other because, you know, we're mm. all these weirdos survivor lovers that have, like in my case, travelled to another state to play this this game with other weirdos in the middle of nowhere, right? And yeah. you know, these are my people. I, I, I don't know. The, I don't have my people. Mm-hmm. I finally found my tribe, you know, and what I've actually seen and particularly watching and interviewing other people, the ones that aren't that sort of feel a bit like they have to pretend to be bigger Survivor fans and they're not. They feel like they're the mm-hmm. odd duck out to be like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, I've already watched, you know, I haven't watched much of it or, or yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah. talking about it. So it's, and because everyone, and everyone says, of course you're a super fan. Like who's going out to the middle of nowhere for three days to play an yeah. average survivor if you're not a super fan. Like, no one believes you, even if you try and pretend. Whereas back in these days, it was yeah. more, who as the host can you find to play your game? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, back in those days, that's what it was. We sometimes feel like people even pretend that they're bigger survivor fans when they open the audition. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. favourite answer to any question in any Meet the Cast was uh, when we asked someone, how do you feel about idols? And they were like, I love idols. Like, Nelson Mandela, mm-hmm. like by like listing people mm-hmm. that role models that they looked up yeah. for. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's very important to have an idol. Yeah, it's very important <laughs> to have an idol. Yeah. You probably like tick, it. like not yeah. a super fan, tick. Like, because it is good to have that <laughs> yeah, dynamic yeah. if you can find it. You don't really want 16 super mm. fans who might game bot it up a bit. You want, mm. you know, real real people with yeah. real yeah. 
real behaviors and experience. Yeah. And I think like we've kind of experimented with this a bit, right? And like 2018, so like 2018, we like our first three seasons are all in that same year. Like all, th- okay. all three all were made in 2018. Year. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Season yeah. two and three are filmed two weeks apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle told me that last time I saw him. I was like, "That that's unbelievable! Yeah. Wow!" Cool. But and I didn't know all of yeah, that. Yeah, so year. like we do. Yeah, so that first season, and like, like we were concerned that you have all these people that like already know each other. Are you going to have a season that doesn't make sense when you look at it from an audience point of view without explaining that like, uh, they flipped to that side because they were already friends? Yeah. Um quite the opposite like we were so surprised that in season one people were so tribe strong when mm. their friends were on other tribes <laughs> like yeah i think like pretty much everyone who knew somebody else on the cast like ends up voting against that person yeah um so it's pretty wild that that occurs um whereas yeah like later seasons we do take more of the uh we want to find people who have never met each other before um so there's no sort of uh, pre-game explanation required in what will yes. play out in the season. It's like yes. they've all just met for the first time. Um, season two, because we did them both back to back, we like filled up season two first. And so that one is super fan heavy. Mm. Um, and we, the reason why we thought we could do two as well is because people were expressing interest after seeing mm. season one online that we had people approaching us and we're like, well, we want to offer an opportunity to all these people that have expressed interest. It's too many to put on one cast. Mm. Let's just do two. Yeah. Let's just, we'll, we'll just do one. Then we'll do another. Terrible. I look forward to doing the coverage for that with you guys. Cause it'll be really interesting. Yeah. To think <laughs> all the, all the crazy decisions that went into doing two back to back. And, yeah. uh, Look, I, you know, I didn't get into it. I, I don't want to go into it too much now, but I, I, I feel like there's a, there's an element of, I don't know. Look, you know, uh, I, I love Yards Apart. Okay, I'm on the record as that, mm-hmm. and I'm also on the record as not loving Exile. Right, so I feel mm-hmm. like it's a bit like when a band does a double album. You know that you know if they just done <laughs> one album, it would be. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the second yeah. album is like the filler from the like the couple of good songs. You know, um, uh, that's yeah. my personal opinion. Uh, but I because mm. but as a, as a you know yards apart uh, is one of, is probably my favorite of all the LRGs, mm-hmm. and it's also got a sentimental uh, for me because that's what exposed me to the whole community. It, mm. I was. I remember. Yeah. I was at a, a mates weekend um, down the coast here in South Australia. Uh, like we play drink beers and play board games, right? So um, we've been up late playing board games, and um, I sort of woken up at like eight a.m. and everyone's still sort of like asleep. So I just pull out my phone and I'm like looking at Facebook, and this video comes up just on my feed. I don't know if it was promoted or if somehow it just was yeah. on a group that I was in that got maybe I was in the survivor group and it got tagged. And I started watching mm-hmm. this and saw the big colors. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm like, first thing I'm like, oh yeah, backyard survivor. That's interesting. And then the yards apart um, uh, pun. I'm like, well, I like this pun. Yep. I love a good pun. I love the <laughs> worst pun. Yeah. I'm like, this is a good yeah. pun. And I was only watching, I'm like, this is really good. I'm like, I could do this. I could play one of these. Like, this would be an amazing thing to do. And got me investigating the whole community. Um, so it's very sentimental to me in that way as well yeah nice 
Um, so, well, look, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a real supporter of what we're doing here. Kyle's been on both seasons so far, obviously, but I know that you've been <laughs> yeah. posting a lot on your socials and promoting the podcast we're doing, which is really great to get your community in and watching it. Um, and then the whole idea of this is hopefully that peaks an interest where people will go and watch Canberra next month if they've never watched that before. Uh, and I like mm -hmm. the opportunity to be able to get these people that played um, seasons where there wasn't a lot of this external coverage, whether it's done by the program themselves or done externally, you didn't have the opportunity to be interviewed and talk about your game and have people talk about your mm, game. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm sort of trying to give that opportunity to everyone that missed out on that because you played a while ago, um, but more so to get people engaged in conversation about seasons that they might not have watched. Um, but you guys have been so supportive about, about the, um, the social stuff and i know and i commented brian you went and updated all of your uh youtube image grabs for all the episode to be consistent with your branding on other seasons and yeah, i noticed yeah. that i'm like oh that's that's a nice timing i, I appreciate that like level of um yeah, yeah i love that you guys <laughs> re-watched it to to get yourself familiar with yeah, it yeah. as well um re-familiar with it so thank you so much for uh what you've done to help um, promote what we're doing here and to be a part of it. And obviously we'll be seeing you three more times um, when that is. <laughs> uh, uh, but I don't know. I might even commit to watching the whole, whole of the season again. <laughs> I'll have to use my memory for the other ones. I'm watching, you can use your memory. That's fine. Like I'm, yeah. I'm watching like all of these. I have to, I have to binge them like in, in anticipation. Yeah, wow. I also have to take notes, which is something I don't usually do. When I do the weekly coverage for a season, I um. I just mm -hmm. do it from memory. I watch the episode and do it from memory. But this, I take full notes and everything. <laughs> you know. um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this opportunity to showcase all these seasons, particularly where there's a bit of a lull in seasons at the moment. Um, it's a great way to keep the community mm. bubbling. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But you guys like mm -hmm. have been really, really supportive, as I've said, in terms of, of what you've done uh, in conversation with me and socially and helping me find some of the cast. You know, uh, you, you were surprised were able to get Sally. That was exciting. You didn't think I'd be able to get yeah, Sally? It's, it's kind of great. Yeah, I think it's so great what you guys are doing. And, like, yeah, thank you. It's been a thrill to see some of these people pop up. And, yeah, like, I wasn't sure if Sally would want to do it. Like, it did happen, like, five years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's just a birthday party. Like a birthday party, yeah. Years ago. Like, I've been I, doing an interview about the birthday yeah, party. <laughs> like, I think if, if you told Sally, you will be the OG winner of something that at this point, 11 <laughs> other people will sign on to do. Sally would be like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. I explained it, there's only 11 great. winners. There's only 11 winners. And now, yeah. you know, over 100 people have played in these things. So it's pretty special to be to be a, a winner. Mm. Um, no, she, she was great and Amy was great. So Amy, Amy's got a comment here. Thank you for your um, feedback. Oh, yeah, I never Amy. know how to see the comments while I'm on here. I can't see it. Amy said, thank you for showcasing season one's humble beginnings and giving us an opportunity to chat about it. So yes, thank you, Amy and Sally, who came on and did the interview uh, as the winner and runner up. Thank you to Calvin, Rosie and Emma who came on and did the tea party with Annabelle. Thank you to both of you. Um, and thank you to Jules who uh, covered the first, uh, did the first season of me where we covered the first, the whole season as the first kickoff. So look out in about a week and a bit's time, I will be starting Canberra one. I actually need to start watching Canberra one like now. Um, <laughs> we will be, uh, I watched it before. I've got to rewatch it now. Um, We'll be watching Canberra One uh, and talking about it. We'll have um, same same structure. We'll have voting. We'll have the 
uh, episodes with the winner um, and with uh, a tea party crew and then the catch up with Dan and Am as well. So it's going to be really, really fantastic to do that. And then we'll keep rolling on um, as we celebrate all these fantastic Australian allergies. So um, thank you to everyone that tunes in live and comments. It's so good to have the live reactions. But I also know a lot of people listen to this after the fact when they're at the gym or running or whatever. So I really appreciate everyone who's listening and supporting what we're trying to do in supporting the LRG community. So we love you all, our listeners, and we love all our watchers, and we love everyone that's part of this wonderful community. So thank you all. Thank you. <laughs>